As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Hello, welcome to Prospects to Pros. I am your host, Nate Tice. We have a mock scenario simulator that Dane Brugler and I are going to be doing today, where we will be looking at the top 12 picks, picks 1 through 12. Why 12? We just picked 12. It's a nice cutoff, and you'll see why. We're going to go over each and every single team, all the situations, because there's a lot. There's a lot of paths these teams could take. Might as well go over all of them. It's that time of season. It's draft season. And to help me do that, of course, I already mentioned him, but is the athletics draft expert himself. And in his season, Mr. Dane Brugler. How are you doing today, Dane? I'm good. We're, we're pre-combine. So, you know, there's a lot of this is going to change that we're going to talk about. But there's a lot of intrigue with a lot of these picks and what direction they could go and the quarterbacks and how many quarterbacks are we going to see in the top 12? So, uh, and again, this stuff is going to change. Free agency will change things. Um, certain decisions that need to be made between now and the draft will change things. But yeah, this is going to be a fun conversation as we kind of work through all these different scenarios. Yeah, and we're going to have a combine primer, which the NFL combine will be in Indianapolis, as always, or at least for the next year or two. Uh, we'll be there next week. Dane and I will both be there. Robert will be there. Everybody will be there from The Athletic, just about, it seems mm-hmm. like. But we'll also have some shows for you from there, but a primer before and then a recap after the Combine. So make sure to check that out on The Athletic Football Show's feed and prospects to pros. But pick one, the driver's seat, the pole position, whatever you want to both car analogies. But we got – oh, I was going to say Caleb Williams. We got the Chicago Bears – the Ryan Poles position. The, oh, oh, beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. I, I know that's a New York Daily News headline. <laughs> the, but we got, we got the Bears at pick one via the Carolina Panthers. Now, plenty of paths that they can go along. But Dane, where would you start with the Bears? And what are some of these situations and scenarios that they go through these next couple months? I think most Bears fan base uh they've come around to the idea that this pick is going to be a quarterback um Mm -hmm. still a few holdouts uh, according to my mentions on on twitter but uh anything other than a quarterback uh, to chicago at one would be a major surprise and now with with that said if you're ryan poles uh, you're keeping the phone lines open right you want to know what other teams are going to possibly uh put out there at at trade interest um there are desperate teams out there for a quarterback you never know the offers you might get but anything other than a quarterback here at one to Chicago, I think would be a, a pretty major surprise. And I would also say anything other than Caleb Williams at one would be a surprise for me. Um, just guessing what they're going to do now, who knows, maybe the bears will come to a different conclusion. Um, but I, you know, I, I think it's an interesting, uh, you know, we've talked about these quarterbacks since, since August between Caleb and Drake, and then Jane Daniels entered the convo. Um, how everyone's going to look at these guys a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, you know, it's it, it's not crazy to think that Chicago and their brain trust might think of, uh, you know, might have Drake May at number one, or who knows, maybe in Jaden Daniels. But I still think Caleb Williams, where we are right now going into the combine, he is still the favorite to be that number one overall pick. And anything other than him, I think would be a, a surprise at this point. It, yeah, not just to you, but it would be to Vegas as well. Uh, Caleb Williams right now is 
minus 1500 to be the number Ooh. one pick. That doesn't say to the Bears, though. It just says the number okay. one overall yeah. pick. So that that's another thing as well. Is we don't know if there's going to be some flopperoo, swapperoo action with some of these teams that we'll see. But uh, it's tons of craziness. But yeah, Caleb Williams seems to me to be the consensus at this point in time, of course. I'm a, a Drake May guy, and I've been yeah. mocking him uh, to the Bears at one as well. And he has maybe some height, weight, speed stuff that you know pulls likes. He is a kind of a guy that seems to like that kind of height, weight, speed stuff with all of his positions. Maybe quarterback's one of them. But May, Williams, just seems QB dash guy is going to be the scenario here, the situation here. But One more thing with the Bears, too, is I think yeah. at the combine is when – we're really going to start to hear the Justin Fields rumors pick up about right. specific landing spots. Um, you know, I know we've heard the Steelers, uh, the Falcons feel like an obvious fit, uh, but I think we're going to hear more about those talks heat up in Indy. And I think it'll be interesting about you know, whoever trades for them because you have to have a plan in place for, mm-hmm. for Fields, meaning you're talking to the agent, you're working out a Jordan Love type of deal. So... Yep. You know, you can decline that fifth-year option. And then when you trade for him, come up with a feasible two-year deal, similar to what the Packers did with Love last year. So whether that ends up being, you know, you have to trade. I still I'm, I still lean towards it's going to be two day-two picks. You know, yeah. one day-two pick this year and then a conditional pick next year based off of playing time. But, you know, these trades are always based on the market and, you know, the number of interested suitors that are going to be making a bid on fields, which is a really, you know, we won't go too far down that conversation, but that's a really interesting uh, separate topic about who should be in the sweepstakes for fields, how much should they give up, and then, you know, how how you... uh, use your offense to get the best most out of him. So that, that, but that's a completely separate conversation. But again, something that I think will, will really start to heat up uh, when we're in Indianapolis. Oh, I'm sure. And especially maybe some of these teams, like you said, that are QB needy and they go, well, do I want to trade, trade a war chest for Jane Daniels and move up to three mm-hmm. or something? Or do I just trade a second and take a receiver with that number one pick I have, you know, something, some of that's where I'm looking at teams like the Falcons or the Broncos or Raiders or any of these teams that could be frisky. In the, in, yeah. in the season, in the draft season. No, but I, I think that's a great point with Fields is that um, I was looking at some recent trades. You know, there was the Sam Bradford trade the week of the, the season. That was a first rounder. I was looking mm-hmm. at, uh, I just looked at every example possible just to see what this price would be. The Carson Wentz trade recently when he went to the Colts. Right. I know they went to follow up with Washington. The Darnold trade was a bunch of uh, several day two picks as well. Um, yeah. So it seems like that day two, but then it becomes a, you know, it might be a little bidding war if as teams get a little bit more desperate. So that's going to be really interesting. But another QB needy team at two, Washington Commanders. Yeah. Right now, it seems like they'll kind of that interesting position that they could go with the 1B if the other team doesn't go with the 1A. It might be their 1A or there's the wild horse, you know, wild card, which is also, you know, with Daniels. So where do you think about their kind of scenarios lie right now, the Washington Commanders, Dane? Uh, this is a quarterback, right? It's just a matter right. of which one. Uh, the last 30 years, uh, commanders or you know, the Washington organization, they've drafted a top 10 quarterback just once, and that was RG3. And that's kind of crazy. That was a dozen years ago. God, we're getting right. old. Uh, but so this this franchise is my class. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this franchise, I mean, they're overdue for a quarterback, you know, to take a swing on a really talented quarterback in the top 10 top five, top three. And I mean, you and I both agree that if Williams goes one, it should be May at number two. And it's not yeah. impossible to think that they could come to the conclusion that Daniels is their guy. But, you know, we're on the same page. Drake May should be the pick if Williams goes one. Um, I, I think it gets interesting. Would they, what kind of conversations are they going to have with Chicago at one? Uh, just to kind of put a few feelers out there, see you know, what would it cost to swap picks one and two? You know, who knows? Maybe Chicago has a really close grade on both Caleb and Drake May. And if the trade compensation is enough, you're okay going with Drake May instead of Caleb. And who knows? Maybe Drake May is their top quarterback. Right. Uh, but if it's close enough, trade back one spot, get more draft capital, still get the quarterback that you really, really like and think can be a top 10 to 12 quarterback in this league. Washington goes up, you reunite Cliff Kingsbury with. Uh, Caleb Williams, uh, bring Caleb home. He's a DC guy. So right. the the Washington conversations with with Chicago, just to put out those feelers, I think will be really interesting. It's only moving back one spot, 
but you're moving away from Caleb Williams. And what will the price tag be for yeah. a, a team like Washington to pull that off? We, we talk about intangibles with players too, but there's also with this with teams, you know, owners, new ownership might go, Hey, we yeah. get the guy, we get the hometown guy. We want to buy as much fan goodwill as possible. Let's lock it down. Guarantee that it happens. <sighs> That'll do it. That'll do it. Especially with yeah. the new owner and new, you know, new GM, new head coach, all these types Adam of things. Peters like, and yeah, uh, yep, right. The, the OC. Okay. Well, then the OC Cliff Kingsbury being <laughs> Caleb Williams, this guy is interesting as well. It's funny. You mentioning that Washington hasn't taken a quarterback in the first round since RG3. Then they took Kirk Cousins well, top in the ten. fourth. Top 10. Top 10, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, because they did take Jason Dwayne Campbell. Haskins and uh, – Oh, I forgot about Dwayne Haskins. Who else did they take? Because um, I was going all the – Jason Campbell. They took Jason Campbell. Heath, that was Heath Schuler. That, that was, I think that was the last one they took top 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 10, right? In 94? Yeah, right. and then they took Gus Farratt, like later mm-hmm. – and like, yeah. I think for like beat him out or something like that. Yeah. They, right, right, sure. right. I think it was state representative, but I know my yep. brain went, went, was going all the way back there. We had Campbell. We, my, uh, Campbell was with the bears, uh, when my dad was there. I hate when okay. I do that. Uh, that was one of the most impressive looking quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Holy mm-hmm. crap. I get it. Like I get why I'd say like, I know he had the whole offense coordinator change, but I'll talk about Jason Campbell at a different time, but pick three. Maybe another quarterback landing spot. Really huge pivot point in the draft with the Patriots oh, yeah. there right now. Because any kind of path makes sense, at least to me, about what they mm-hmm. could take. What are some that stand out to you, Dane? Uh, what are some of those paths that maybe stand out to me, Dane? I, okay, so I think this Patriots are fascinating. And I think regardless oh of what goodness. they end up doing, um, they're going to Indianapolis hoping that the top three quarterbacks crush it. Caleb, Drake, and then Jaden Daniels. Yeah. They want to see all three test great throw the ball well, interview at the best of their abilities. I, I don't know what they're going to say publicly, but I 100% believe they want to draft a quarterback. I, they, they look, they're looking at their own depth chart. They know what they have right now. They know it's not good enough. The proof is on the tape. You need to do something uh, to upgrade. And if you, you're hoping that all three of these quarterbacks impress you when you're in Indianapolis, uh, because that way you'll have options. You could right. stick and pick and take the quarterback, but... Uh, regardless, even if you end up coming to the conclusion that this is a two quarterback class and that they go one and two and you're missing out on your guy at three, you still hope these three guys crush it because then your phone's going to be blowing up the giants, the Falcons, uh, Denver, Minnesota, Vegas, uh, teams calling, making offers to go up to get number three. And then at the end of the day, you have a decision to make about trading back or uh, going with a top non-quarterback, whether that's Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, whoever it ends up being for New England. But I 100% believe they want to draft a quarterback. That is their hope to come away from the combine saying, all right, yeah, you know what? We'd be fine with any one of these three guys, and we are sitting in a good spot to, to do it. So um, time will tell. Uh, Gerard right. Mayo, first year head coach. Elliot Wolf, uh, yeah, obviously we know Elliot. you know his dad and uh, everything he did in Green Bay. Elliot's yeah. well respected around the league. Yes, um, he is. Yeah, he's he's bounced around. He's he's worked under uh, a lot of different GMs. Um, you know, from John Dorsey and his dad, and you know, he, with what he's done in New England. And so, what how what will his approach be to this? Um, but I think from ownership down, they want a quarterback. It's interesting because he also being the earlier Ron Wolf's son, that Wolf is generally known as kind of the height, weight, speed, athleticism, mm-hmm. traits, all these types of things. So it's, you know, and, and Belichick kind of had a little bit of that, but it was it was different. It was more about size, I would say, and, fo- and football kind of wherewithal, which kind of got him some hurt at some skill position yeah. spots. <laughs> um, but, but right. you know, his defense alignment were a certain type. And I, I so that's always just an interesting kind of mindset change that we've seen maybe in New England the last two decades. Uh, but no, it's a great point. Elliot Wolf, it's, he, I mean, he's been around for so long, even though he's like our age, a few years older. Right. Like he, he's just, he's a true, 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 true lifer. So it's going to be interesting. I know the quarterback there, it's if, if they fall in love with a guy, that's the thing. You only need one team to fall in love with a player, especially a quarterback. And so even if they might not like Daniels, a team would, might love Daniels, or maybe a team wants to jump up to two to take Daniels and they get May. You know, or mm-hmm. Williams, or something weird can happen. You never know how these things shake out, but they're just such an interesting team right now, just for a hundred million reasons. And then another interesting team, at least to me, maybe football nerdum, is the Arizona Cardinals, and they are another. They can kind of get some 
great things here as, as this draft falls. They don't technically really need a quarterback. Kyler looked decent in Drew Petzing's offense, and they mm-hmm. could still build around it. They can they got a little bit of a war chest in this draft as well. Um, some of the scenarios with the Cardinals that you kind of think were shaking out, some of the players that they might be looking at. Well, obviously, if the quarterbacks go one, two, three, then Arizona's taking the first non-quarterback in the draft. And all signs would point towards Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, just the fit makes way too much sense. So, you know, yeah. that maybe it's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, if, if Malik Neighbors, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, I, it would just be hard to see any anybody else, right? I mean, I, I would love to hear your take yeah. on what you think is best for the Cardinals in this spot. What do you, th- what do you think they should do? Um, and what do you think they might end up doing? I think they stand pat or I think they should stand pat. And I think Marvin Harrison jr. Is that type of player that you, you know, it's a true needle mover um, that I was, would be comfortable with them taking like, and if they feel like they want to keep building up through the trenches, um, you know, move back a little bit and take one of the top tier tackles. I understand that plan. But Harrison Jr. is one where I'm comfortable where it's like, yeah, let's just stand pat. Let's just take this guy because it's just he – with him and Trey McBride and with Kyler and what that offense I think could do, that's like, whew, that could really supercharge things quicker than even I was anticipating for them. So to me, that it's just they take the BPA and just get, get assets, get these dudes because we have enough right. draft collateral already. They have six picks, I think, in the top 90. I think it, I think it was. Seven, so, seven in the top 105, yeah. We don't – really needs some of those more dart throws. So it's actually get the blue chip type of player. And we saw last year how willing they were to move around. Um, I mean, yeah, they, they were. were wheeling and dealing throughout the draft. Um, and so we at least know that they have that in them to uh, move around, to make sure they get their guys. And t- to your point, the draft capital they have just gives them more options. Uh, yeah. They can stockpile more picks or they can use that picks to be aggressive. And if they really want somebody – go and get them. So with having two picks in the first round, um, the, this pick obviously at four, but then also pick 27, that maybe pick 27, that's where you'd be aggressive. Um, right. You know, if say, say they have 22 first round grades in this draft. Maybe that's where you're aggressive at 27 and make sure you go up into the top 24 picks to get one of your first round grades. Um, yeah, th- this will be interesting for Arizona. This is, I, I agree with you. I mean, quarterback, I feel set for at least one more year. Even if, Kyler struggled this year, the contract situation. I just didn't, I don't think they can move away from that. So you're looking at surrounding him with more help, whether that's the offensive line, whether that is a a pass catcher, uh, but they're sitting in a good spot there. Yeah. It just feels like Marvin Harrison jr. uh, Destined to wear a Cardinals uniform at this point. It really does. Even was, wasn't your comparison, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald. I I just, the the way that they can play play. And it makes a lot of sense to, uh, to see that. See that marriage happen again, yeah. Technicians and also like an outstanding but also freaks. body. Yeah, right. yeah, it's it's not very fair. Th- this is yeah. the thing too, is that if something goes weird and say the Patriots, someone moves up, say some a team loves Harrison Jr. or something mm-hmm. like that, and they move up with the Patriots to three, and the Patriots are like, oh, we don't really like Daniels that much. And something just funky like that happens where the quarterback doesn't go three, Daniels is still sitting there. The Cardinals are at four. Now they're in that kind of spot where it's like, oh, anybody want to call? Like, hey, like they can sure. move back. And it just so many avenues just going to open up with the, these kind of two little spots. So it's just going to be so interesting. But well, I was going to I was yeah. going to say I was going to mention that for at number five. I think this. Yes. The Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's if say the Patriots go Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, you know, they they yeah. just they look at the the value of uh, a number one type of receiver, and that's the direction they go. And say the Cardinals at, at the next pick. I mean, Malik Neighbors, to, in my opinion, sure. is a top three player in this class. Fantastic, I, yeah. Over, over the moon uh, about with uh, Malik Neighbors. I saw you, you watching a little bit more of uh, Neighbors. It was, uh, it was, it was Daniels, days. and then it, uh, my eyes got drawn to Neighbors uh, <laughs> a little bit longer. I was trying to cut up some right. clips of Daniels, and I was like, oh, there there goes Malik Neighbors. Just yeah. turning the corner on 15 guys, it seems like. Yeah, he's just, I, I don't know. I, he. He's, I think he's a special player. Um, and so if you're the Cardinals at four, I, very realistic they could uh, bypass some some trade offers and take uh, Malik Neighbors at four. And then if at number five with the Chargers, that's where I think, um, you know, you know Harbaugh wants to put his stamp on this roster. Um, same thing with uh, the new GM, uh, Hortiz. Uh, Joe or- uh, Hortiz coming over from uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. So, you know, right now, I think the Chargers, they just have the original picks um, in each round. 
but they're going to want more. So if New England passes, Arizona passes, that third quarterback is available at that fifth spot, that all of a sudden, that's the power position. Teams yeah. trying to get ahead of the Giants at number six to get that third quarterback. Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, they they're to me, like if they do Sam Pat, I'm saying, or they stay in this kind of top 10 range, maybe they just do kind of like a little flop there. It, it, I feel like just Harbaugh is going through the trenches. Like I just, I don't know. That just feels like him. Well, look how the, look how the, that's it, how he's it, built it, everything. So yes. it's just, yeah. The, so. the way Michigan beat Ohio state the last three years, the way they won a national championship, yes. the foundation was in the trenches and yes. it is very logical to think that Harbaugh was, would look to replicate that formula yeah. in Los Angeles. And so if this is where we see that first offensive lineman off the board, it would totally make sense. And I think, you know, it's an interesting part of this uh, as we do mock drafts and make these projections. You think about Harbaugh and how unique this is because of his familiarity with so many of these prospects. Not just the Michigan guys, but guys he recruited or guys he played against. You know, I don't think Michigan went like super hard after Joe Alt because it always felt like he was either Notre Dame or Iowa. But obviously, uh, you know, he's familiar with him from college. He coached against Olu Fashnu. Uh, he coached against uh, J.C. Latham, so and he recruited both those guys too. So unlike most head coaches in this process, Harbaugh already has a perspective and an informed opinion on several of these top prospects, several of them on the offensive line. So that that's definitely an interesting you know wrinkle with him and what the Chargers might do. That's a no. That's a it's a great point because it also is very telling that I always just remember the Pete Carroll's first draft pick when he took uh, Earl Thomas over. Over Mays, Taylor Mays. Yeah. And over his guy from USC. And I remember that was just a big indicator that what uh, the path that Pete might be going down. It was like, oh, you're not going to take it. Because Mays was so hyped, remember? And he was so stiff. He was, you know, but he, he was, was so, such a freak because he, he was a yeah, freak. lightweight speed, right? Oh, you know, all the way. Speed straight but, line. Don't make exactly. him turn. <laughs> exactly. Don't make him turn. Uh, uh, but no, that, but uh, I think uh, yeah, that's, so. and that's also, you know, with, with these Michigan players, Harbaugh will know better than anybody else, yes. you know, who he would be eyeing to to draft, and mm-hmm. um, that's interesting. But I, let's have the Brock com- Brock Bowers conversation here too, okay. right? Um, the idea of pairing Brock Bowers with Herbert, it's a lot of fun, right? I mean, we it know is. how much Harbaugh likes to incorporate the mismatch tight end in the offense. You know, Luke Schoonmaker was a second round pick last year. Uh, AJ Barner is going to be a day three pick this year. Colson Loveland probably a first rounder next year. Um, so, and Eric all who transferred to Iowa this past year, he's going to get drafted this year. So this is where the debate comes in about tight end value, but it's just not quite that simple with Bowers because he's not just a tight end and you can't, you can't label him as a tight end and build your argument against him. It just, it's, it's going to fall apart. It doesn't work like that because the, he's not just a tight end. The Georgia offense was literally constructed around him and all the different things he can do at slot wing mm-hmm. inline motion backfield whatever you want him to do he can do um and, and you know i know people will bring up kyle pitts um the fact that he hasn't lived up to being a top five pick he had over a thousand yards receiving rookie. his rookie year then multiple surgeries and oh yeah his head coach was just fired because he couldn't get consistency from the quarterback's position so if we're going to talk about kyle pitts let's at least use proper context here um, and I also, I get the conversation or the argument um, that you're not paying, that you shouldn't pay top five overall money to a tight end because once you do, he's going to be one of the highest paid um, in the pos- in, in, in the league at his position. But I think it's you have to think about it. It's all relative because later on, you're probably going to be paying a little bit less. If you franchise tag him, it's going to be a little bit less than a wide receiver. Uh, if you give him an extension it's probably going to be less than if he was a top three receiver in the league. So I, I do think it's it's fair to point that out, but it's also relative to uh, how you might be paying him uh, later on. And so I'm not saying the pick should be Bowers, but I do think that he belongs on the short list all the way up until draft night. Yes, and it, it's just comfort level where you can kind of just like, all right, how can we use him in the offense? I think Bowers just... I, I I keep saying this, but the offensive weapon term, which I, yeah. I always am like, ah, oh, whatever, because it's usually it's some five eight gadget guy that they can't figure out right. how to get on the field. Right. This is actually a good use of the term for Brock Bowers because mm-hmm. he truly can win isolated. That is a pass threat, pass catching threat at any position. And I think you brought up the contract stuff. 
this is where this has to break for some people because of how Bowers is used. It's like calling Kelsey a tight end. No, he's mm-hmm. a receiver. He's a pass catcher. Like yep. he gets split out like a wide receiver. He lines up in the slot like a wide receiver and he, you know, just gets asked to block a couple times. But if you look at it that way, just pass catchers and just money wise, if Bowers is a 1B in your pass catching arsenal, maybe even a 1A, he can get to that level, you know, as a true primary threat and a good pass uh, passing offense, you're underpaying him then. Because then you've got to look right. at it as a guy that's getting 120 targets, whether that's receiver or tight end. It's just pass catcher. So that's where Bowers to me is a different, he's just his own type of player. You just got to ignore the TE. You just got to look at him as an offensive pass catcher that you move around, but he's yeah, so what good. he is. Yeah. He's oh, so he's, good. I, I, he's and it, I, he probably has the widest range of drafts where he could land in the top 20 picks, right? Yes. I mean, he could go here at five and it wouldn't be shocking. Uh, it, he could fall. I, I don't know. Like what? It's hard to really figure out how far he could actually fall. I don't, I don't think he's fallen out of the top 15, right? I mean, right. He's just too good. He's, he's too. He's just too good. Yeah. Too much of an impact player. Uh, and again, I think if you get hung up on the the like you said the te next to his name, I think you're missing the point on yeah. what this guy can do. You yeah. you're being very close minded to what he actually gives you on the football field. So um, yeah, it, it, he's going to be a really interesting debate here as we go through the yeah. process. I just, I, he's a good player. That's all I know. That's and, it. you know, <laughs> at it. the end of the day, that's all that matters. Give me the good players. Let's build this yeah. offense. And I, I think that there will be a team more than happy to, to draft Brock Bowers. Um, but, Absolutely. and I do think the conversation starts here at number five. And, but I, I it, okay, right now, going into the combine, if you had to put one name next to the Chargers, which name are you putting? Ooh, I'd actually go with Alt, Joe Alt. Yeah. Cause just yeah. cause I, it would be a tackle uh, of some sort. But I, one one of the tackles, but I actually go with Alt because it's just everything you mentioned with the background stuff like that too, right. and I I'd be interested in seeing him. The plan was Slater, and I, I keep making this argument. Right. Slater has played right tackle in college, mm-hmm. so that'd be you know. Or I, but also think Fashanu and Alt have athleticism to play on the right side, and kind of just wherewithal to play on the right side if he did want to do that too. Right, they don't have that experience, but they they could do it. I think that's they could do, a fair six months yeah. of prep. Yeah, I know it's hard, and I know offensive line guys. It's harder than it. I know, I know. That's why yes. you give them five five months to train for it. That's 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 why you, then you do that. Like, yes, it's not the long term plan. We'll figure it out, but just to get through this year. That's why you have offensive line coaches. Uh, yeah. To yeah. and trainers you know, during the draft yeah. process to make sure that yes. they give stamp of approval and say, yeah, yep. we think he can do it, no problem. And then for it's up to that coach to actually make it happen. So yeah, I I think that that makes a lot of sense. If to, if you put one of these tackles, I mean, I. I think Joe Walt's a top tackle in the draft. You put him at number five. I, I think that makes sense. When you look at the foundation of what Jim Harbaugh wants to be, I, I think that that makes a ton of sense. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. 
shopify.com slash maze. This next one, which is also a, a true wildcard team to me, the Giants yeah. team. The New York Giants are at pick six. Uh, it seems commonly so far, a lot of us, including myself, have mocked the second receiver to them mm-hmm. <laughs> after Marvin Harrison Jr., whichever one that you want to pick there. But what are some of the scenarios, some of the situations that uh, the Giants are going to be going through the next six, seven, eight weeks? Because it seems like a lot that they could be doing. Offensive line is obviously a big need here. Um, yeah. They they have to get better on the offensive line, but what what where do they see the best way of doing that? You know, you they drafted Evan Neal top yes. ten two years ago, uh, and that hasn't worked out yet. Are they at the point where they would move him inside to guard full time, and you draft a tackle here? Um, obviously, you feel good about Andrew Thomas, a left tackle. Mm-hmm. What are you doing at right tackle, and what are you doing with Evan Neal? That that's kind of a big thing that is a little bit up in the air right now. Um, wide receiver makes a ton of sense because regardless of who your quarterback is, who's your number one target in this offense? Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to feel That's, great about who your number one, uh, who's your difference maker? Who Who's going to be it. the guy that defensive coordinators uh, are worried about in the passing game? Um, I, they just don't have that guy right now. And so if you have a chance, I mean, if Malik Neighbors there, to me, I, that, that, I, don't, I don't know how you're passing on Malik Neighbors. Um, but I understand why that might go offensive line. And then of course, if a quarterback makes it there, um, okay, let's just, if you're the giants and let's say that, um, Daniels gets past new England at three, what are you, are you willing to put draft capital forward to go and get Daniels? If you're the GM of the, of the giants. Right. It would also the contract with Jones still pay because then you're paying that room. Mm-hmm. You're not kind of getting that kind of discount <laughs> that you want with the, the, the cheap contract. I, if they like him, that's the thing. If they sure. do, I totally understand it. If they're like, this is our guy, yes. And he, I mean, there's some differences with him and Jones, but there's also actually some weird similarities, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, as we talk more about this. Uh, <laughs> some of the ways they attack throwing the ball, it's actually kind of funny. But I think, uh, I think it's a little rich for me unless they really like the guy because of just what they need and everything like that. Because it also the special talent that neighbors is, you know, uh, and that's sure. I just think, cause I think if say he did go to like, okay, Daniels is still there at four. We'll just say that. So they would have to flop two spots. I'm sure they're getting so many calls to move up. So I'm sure all these other teams are going like, Hey, we'll give up this. We'll give up this. Do I want to get in that bidding war? And then I'm like, okay, where are we out already? And we're not even getting the discount in place anyway. So that to me is a little rich. Yeah, well, I mean, the Giants, they do have three picks or four picks in the top 70. They have the two twos. Um, Williams and all that, yeah. It, right. And so they, they do have a little bit of extra draft capital to go make it happen. And they are kind of the first in line, right? So if you're the Cardinals and you don't want to move back too far, uh, you know, you move back from four to six and you're guaranteed to still get one of the receivers. Um, you know, if you want to go tackle, you go that direction too. So instead of going from four down to say 12 in Denver or, or even eight Atlanta, you yeah. feel better about going to six. Um, so that, that plays a factor too. It's, it's, you know, mm-hmm. the giants are at the head of the line with, when it comes to these, uh, conversations. And again, this is a top, we've been talking about this draft since august how it's going to be a top heavy draft this is the year to be drafting in the top 10 so even though we are talking about teams possibly trading back you don't want to move back too far you want to try and stay as close to the top 10 if not in the top 10 as you can because you want to get one of these blue chippers you want to get one of these guys that are true difference making or project as difference making talents and so uh you know we mentioned with the chargers wanting to move back uh, if the Cardinals want to move back, the fact that you're trading back just two or three spots instead of five or six, that matters uh, when yes, you're talking about the top 10 and especially this top 10. Yeah. You can say, okay, yeah, it's only a day two pick, quote unquote, only mm-hmm. a day two pick. And all right, they're getting up that, but we got, oh, man, the drop off at the receiver positions there or the yeah. drop off at this position. No, that matters so much. I know. I've been even just trying to think what a a six to four swap would cost. Cause okay. When the Trubisky trade with the 49ers with the bears and 49ers, I think they gave up a third just to swap the one spot. Yeah. I, I've, I've thought my head. That's what I remember. Yeah. So I was just, I'm just trying to even think what those kind of one pick swaps or two pick swaps are in the top 10, but it's a great point. This is a top heavy draft compared to 
maybe even recent years where we had some really good role kind of player draft, like that 20 to 40 spot was kind of the sweet spot. This is the opposite. Yeah. This is just like loaded, loaded, loaded premium spots well, here, too. Uh, let me, let me ask you this. Cause I know how you feel about may let's say Daniels goes two, and then let's yeah. say may let's say the Patriots go in a different direction at three, say may is there at four and oh. you're the GM of the giants. What are you trading to make sure you get may at four? Oh, this, boy. this, 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 see, this is, that, see, kid, this is a much show. better okay, question. So, Yes, because uh, uh, this is a family-friendly show, so keep it, you know, I want, but I want to know what you would give say, up. Right? Uh, yeah, uh, what, what would you give up to go up and make sure you get May at four and eliminate all doubt? Make sure that the, uh-huh. the Cardinals at four aren't considering any other offers. They know this is your best offer. Here it is. What is that? Because I, I would offer a second. I would offer, that's what I'd offer. So and I'm sure they would 39. Yes, which uh, would be the fir- the earlier of the two seconds that the Giants have. Yes, that's that's what I would offer, and I'm sure they would go. Well, no, we want a future first, and uh, that's <laughs> so that would be how much I love them. It yeah. would be it would be one of those two. It'd either be this year's second or next year's first. But I, that that's such a rich flop to do that for. But I'd say, but it's a quarterback that and you're desperate. And that's the thing. That's a desperation. I would try to stay hold and just that it's a it's a day two pick from this year. But man, I know they would be asking for a future first, and that would be a, that'd be a tough one to. I'd I'd do it. <laughs> I know I, it's you rich. Would do it. Let's be honest. I yeah. would do it. That, I know, but that's me. That's the thing. That but that's that's perfect. That's a perfect thought experiment, though. Because for Daniels, I'd be like, ah, I don't know. No, but, but right. for right. May, right. yes. But that's how these GMs are going to be. No, uh, that's I, I think I, I'm with you. I think I would do it. This too. is what Robert I mean, does and- with me with Dak all the time. He'll go, well, this guy or this quarterback. <laughs> I'll be like, ah, oh, yeah, no. And he goes, well, what what's right, Dak? Right. And I'm always, I'm, ah, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, look, if you believe in the guy, then you go get him. Simple as that. That's and, it. You know, it's it's rich, it's costly, but you know what? The Texans believed that much in Will Anderson and they went and got him. Um and I we're not talking right now about how the the Texans really screwed up and gave up the 27th pick for the defensive rookie of the year. Um We haven't mentioned so, the edges yet. Yeah, no. right. Exactly. So and, and I think you also factor in this is something we haven't talked about yet, but projecting forward next year's quarterback class is not on the level of this. Now, maybe we have a Jaden Daniels who ascends, you know, we just, you can't predict that. Could a Quinn Ewers really make that jump and take that step that you're hoping for in his development next year at Texas? Sure. It's possible. But where right now with the information we have, the evidence in front of us, next year's draft at quarterback does not look as strong as what we have this year. And so if you have a chance to go get your guy, I, I'm not going to fault any team that is aggressive and goes and makes it happen. Um, if it doesn't work out, yeah, your GM's going to be out of a job. But you know what? He went down swinging and you know, right. went down trying to get a guy that you think is a difference maker for your franchise. Yeah, that's why the May one for me is like, yeah, yeah, I'd be fine. I'd be comfortable with that one. I'm trying to just even think of the other ones that moved up. The uh, that's a great point about the class though, because even that with the Will Anderson one, I've looked at this edge class and there's like, there's no impact, no one even close to that yeah. tier. Of a that's Will why Anderson I, I I I didn't slam the Bears for trading a second round pick for Montez Sweat. Montez, yeah, like yeah, I I know it was risky because they hadn't given him a contract at that point, and that you gave the player all the leverage when it comes to that extension. I get it. I understand why. Many were uh, against that trade when it happened, but I, I wasn't going to slam it because I know the, the how this pass rush class was looking, yes. and nobody's close to Montez Sweat with what you were going to be able to get at that second round pick. So, um, yeah, I, I yes, and it, again, it was costly. It was a very expensive trade with what the contract you had to give out. But for the Bears, I thought it made all the sense in the world, and with the pass rushers that will be available in the second round this year, uh, it's kind of a no brainer, right? Yeah, and Montez Sweat also made sense to me because he barely missed time. I think the only time he missed time in the NFL is when he broke his jaw. Uh, and <laughs> he and it was just, like you said, it's one you need. They needed players, that for the, like you said, yeah. for the Bears. It made so much sense for them because they needed a, a very good or above player, that, that guy that can be a Pro Bowl quality player in the right situation. And also, if you want to build out a pass rush, it's been proven now that you obviously need more than one guy. So mm-hmm. how do we get more than one guy? Well, we have to start with one guy. That that's that's how you get to two or three good pass rushers. You need to start with one. So no, I'm with you on, on the Montez Sweat one. That one's I think even with the price they paid, I think it's aged already in four months. Been just a great trade oh. for them. Uh, everything he's done there. At this time, two years ago, I think they regretted the Chase Claypool trade. 
Yes. At this time, right now, they don't regret the Montez Sweat trade, and I, I don't all. think they will. Um, yeah. How do you find those guys? Year. That, that, that's so it. Hard. You, that's it. you usually have to take a first round or you pay these guys a premium. Well, okay, they paid a premium. Boom, done. Yeah. <laughs> but that's speaking it. of premium, uh, yeah, pick seven, which I've been the popular Joe Alt destination from Notre Dame, uh, off the tackle here to the Titans. Uh, the Titans, to me, seems very, they actually are set up kind of nice for what they need, which is offensive tackle and receiver. Uh, it's a but, it's a theme in this top ten, right? I mean, right? The Giants, right? the Chargers, the, the 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 Cardinals. I mean, all of these teams could use a pass catcher or an offensive lineman, and that's Pretty the strength of this top ten. So yeah, the Jets, the Jets, the other yeah, one. Like exactly. I mean, there's a lot of that. Chicago at up, nine. Yeah, nine. I know. Uh, it's set up nicely for them. I know. It's every time I do one of these mocks or even the big board, I'm like, I, I got to throw a defensive player in here for some at some point because it's just <laughs> offense, 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 offense. Right. Uh, but yeah, the scenarios for the Titans. Uh, any any kind of possibilities of them doing anything different, or do you kind of see it the same with just kind of offensive line of receivers? Yeah, I mean, I get the thinking that okay, we have Bill Callahan now, right? It's he's in the mix. We don't have to invest heavy on the offensive line. I'm kind of the opposite of that, where I'm I'm, I'm going to invest in the offensive line because I'm going to draft. I'm going to draft the guys that Callahan stamps with his approval, right? And the chances of you hitting on those picks and making the offensive line a strength it skyrockets if you're investing early picks with this offensive line coach and. Um, you know, the, the development process. And I think, okay, let's look at this front office, Rand Carthon. He's a former running back. You think he knows offensive line play pretty well. Um, Anthony Robinson, he's the assistant GM. He came over from, uh, Atlanta, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're familiar with him. He's going to have a major say in the Tennessee draft room. You think about where he came from in Atlanta and how they built that offensive line. They did it. A lot of those early round picks on the offensive line. So, I just think that everything points to offensive line with this pick. Uh, you know, you you just keep building on that line. Peter Skaronsky last year, whether that's Joe Walt or uh, uh, Fashanu this year, I, I just think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it's building strength, a true identity for your team. And I, I think any team loves to do that. The Lions kind of it worked out perfectly because they already had that strength mm-hmm. and they just, oh, let's drop Sewell into it. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, that. I mean, it's, that leads their team. You can see just how that, that team, the impact of that unit. And I think it just makes sense. I think that's what they want to do. Obviously, yeah. you know, with Callahan being there now and just being the, the son of an offensive line coach, I can relate. Uh, no, but that's great with A-Rob too. A, A-Rob's uh, uh, has Florida State background too. And I used to always kind of joke with him about that being from Wisconsin and stuff. Like, oh, you guys don't know the line play. No, he knows his line play. So yeah, yeah I think they're going to definitely be be amping that up a bit. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The next one, our former employers. That's the Atlanta Falcons at number eight. They uh, could be a move-up candidate. This could be a J.J. McCarthy landing spot, maybe. This could be a really this is really that, Yeah, that conversation starts, right? Right. The, the J.J. So, McCarthy yes. conversation. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think somewhere in that eight to 12 range is where I think J.J. McCarthy is going to end up. And I, I, I we're oh, two months before the draft. So, yes. I, I was a little hesitant to tweet that. I, I tweeted it last week, and I, I was a little hesitant to do it because, it, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if he ends up being Will Levis and you know falling a little right. bit for end of the first round. You know, I, I quarterback is such a, a tricky thing, but there's enough love for him already, and and That's there was it. love for him in the summer. I mean, he was my 
like 18th or 19th prospect mm-hmm. in my top 50 in August. Like I was hearing love for him in the summer. Once coaches get involved with uh, JJ McCarthy, I, that's what's really going to put him over the top and why I, I, I believe he's going to be a top 12 pick. And this is where at Atlanta, where I think that conversation starts, but I do think Atlanta is going to be aggressive and this is, they're going to be making calls about, okay, because if you're the Giants, I think Atlanta is who you're worried about. If Because if that third quarterback does get past the Patriots, Falcons are who you're worried about if you're the Giants, moving up to go get that guy. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. But maybe we'll already know before the draft what Atlanta's going to do, meaning a Justin Fields trade, meaning happened, yeah. Kirk Cousins, mean, you know, like whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. we already, maybe they show their hand before the draft and we know uh, because, you know, they, if you're the Falcons, you're kind of looking at all your options. You're thinking, you know what? We just don't feel great about us getting one of these top three quarterbacks. And we like J.J. McCarthy, but we need someone that's ready to go now. And so McCarthy maybe not the best fit for Atlanta at eight. So, you know, I, I think maybe we see this as a situation where they go quarterback prior to the draft, mm-hmm. and then at eight they can take the top player on their board. Right. And, and to me, this could be the defensive first spot too. Could be. Like, yeah. You see an edge, you can see a corner, Arnold. Mm-hmm. I think it's both our corner, Terry and Arnold. This yep. is... I on the pod last week with Robert, or it came out earlier this week. Uh, I kind of was doing math with McCarthy, and I was like, "This or quarterback math, I should say, because it's kind of just like it's convoluted right. math. It's the inflation, you know." I was like, "Well, you know, Dane and I, we kind of have similar grades." I go, "Say I have a second round grade on McCarthy. Okay, you give the half round inflation. Okay, that's the late first round. I got a team really likes him. That's ten spots up. That's how you get a guy in the top twelve. It's like just like right. that. That's how a second round graded quarterback ends up at the top twelve. So even going off your tweet too." I started just kind of doing the math on the air, and I was like, yeah, that I could see that. That's how Mac Jones went. What, what did Mac Jones end up going? 15? 15, yeah. I kind of grade him more or less the same tier, get that inflation, and that's how these guys end up in kind of this top half of the round. I think McCar- they're two wildly different players. But um, but like you said, once coaches watch McCarthy, and I keep saying this point ad nauseum, the Shanahan coaches are going to like this guy a lot. Yes. Just, just, yes. This is the type of guy they love uh, all the way through. So this is that's why I can. He's gonna have a lot of fans, and Falcons have one of those coaches, Zach Robinson. Uh, Zach Robinson. Right. It makes a lot. Of, it's a very very big point. But yeah, I have been but joking I, and giving them a receiver in the mock. That's just that's <laughs> a, just a, just to really annoy everybody. Right. I, I just been enjoying doing that. But yeah, it seems like the quarterback one's way live. But the thing with McCarthy though is I do think he's he needs time. Like, and I do yeah. look, when you look at Atlanta, it just feels like they they're in a position where they want somebody right away Microwave. and so yeah right and that shouldn't drive your conversation about what to do a quarterback but it does it does matter and so yep. that 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 makes it an interesting uh part of you know what quarterback they might target there at number eight um but yeah and to your point this could probably the most likely spot where we could see that first defensive player off the board or the mm-hmm. earliest we could see a defensive player off the board um but you know, okay, if you're at number nine, you're Chicago. Mm-hmm. I kind of mentioned this last week. I'm looking at my options about moving up to go get one of these receivers. Um, I know yeah. it's a deep draft at I receiver. Like it, 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 and it, but if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm going. And it, if neighbors or a Dunze fall enough, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go get them because I. I just the, the chance to pair one of these guys with DJ Moore, and you have your quarterback Caleb Williams. Your offensive line is going to be better next year. Uh, you know, you've got the tight end in place. I mean, this offense. All of a sudden, the optimism around this offense is uh, you can get pretty excited about it. So, yeah. if I'm Chicago, that that's what I'm going to try and do. And, and I'm not going to sit. I'm, maybe one of these receivers, maybe one of those top three receivers, falls me at nine. I'm going to be aggressive and I'm going to go get them. I don't like. What, what would it cost you think to move up from nine to? Uh, let's see the receiver. Let's see one of these receivers gets passed out of the top six. So if I'm going from mm-hmm. nine to seven, what's that going to cost me? That's probably day two pick, right? That that's yeah, maybe if, yeah, say a third would okay. because I'm trying to think because I've seen teen ones. I've seen two one pick swaps and teens usually go for like a fourth or a third or a future third. I'm trying to just even think. It all and depends. That, it was, that's the thing too. It's like what you yeah. want to crank out of it because that's what I'm starting at, and then uh, some negotiations work. So it's I don't know. What do you right. think? Would, right there, a two pick swap because that's not going to be more than that, would it? No, I I, th- I think a third is. 
I think that's that's makes sense. Um, yeah. And if you're the Bears, you hope so because you don't have a second round pick. So, second, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you make this trade, you don't pick again until the fourth round. So pick, pick one eleven. Yeah. You're 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 taking day two off. Okay. Yes. And so it's but okay. They have pick seventy five. So it it takes pick nine and pick seventy five to guarantee you one of these top three receivers. Um, so would you rather have? Okay, well, who are they going at number nine if they don't take a receiver? Let's just say it's, what, a pass rusher? Or say they Maybe. take the top pass rusher off the board. Okay. Um, say it's Dallas Turner. Because um, I think that, I think they feel okay with Braxton Jones, a left tackle, Darnell yeah. Wright, right tackle. Let's just say they take Dallas they, Turner at number pair, nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Dallas Turner at nine. And then who's the receiver they take at 75? Um, let's just – I'll pull up my top 100. Who who's got. the closest receiver to 75? It's Ricky Persall. He's at 78. Persall, right? Okay, so would you rather have Dallas Turner and Ricky Pearsall, or would you rather have Neighbors or Adunze, one of those two? Neighbors or Adunze. And that's just... Yeah, so what There's a tear yeah. break in the position. Yeah, even great. This is why when right. you look at the big board, it's like they're... This is where the tear breaks happen. No, Robert kind of posed this question too. He goes, you said it's a deep receiver class. Wouldn't you be more comfortable with the Bears maybe taking this next tier, two tiers down of a receiver in the second round? I was like these three are special like in that and that changed my thinking too these are true true needle movers to me and i think you as well so i yeah i like that thought experiment though because it makes sense like you said that's a these guys walk in and it's like boom they're the alpha of the offense they can eat those targets those 10 targets a game and that that matters as opposed to another guy that could be more of an auxiliary role yeah, so, and it's only uh, going to help Caleb Williams in his development. Um, right. You're helping DJ Moore on the other side. I mean, it's feel good about what this is do for the offense as a whole. I I don't know. I'm going to be aggressive here, but I don't know. They're going to have options. Not having that second round pick though, taking a day you know day yeah. two off basically. It's a tough pill to swallow. But again, I'm going to just going to I'm I'm going to sit there on day two and watch Roma Dunze highlights uh, if I'm Ryan Poles, and I'm going to feel really good about my offense oh. moving forward. Him on Jose Moore is like perfect synergy too. Yeah. Like for an X and a Z, it's like oh, like it's it. exactly yeah. what you want. So it's just the yeah, their complementary skill sets. I know Bears fans are just salivating right now. If you don't give them the exact receiver that they hyped up that week, they get so mad. <laughs> they get so mad right. at you. Uh, yeah. Number number ten, another one that like I don't know. I feel like the position here uh, it kind of sets up nicely for them. But we have the Jets. Uh, I kind of this is the JC Latham spot for me. That's why mm-hmm. I keep kind of he's offensive tackle three from Alabama uh, for me. But any other scenarios or situations for the Jets that you see, Dane? Because I don't know, maybe I've just pigeonholed myself in my line of thinking here that they would just probably go with an offensive tackle here. Well, I, I think that obviously uh, it depends on what your general manager and Rodgers wants to do. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it feels like it's going to be something that's going to help. Aaron Rodgers. It's going to help this offense because right. they're all in for this year. That's you it. know, we don't know That's what it. 2025 is going to look like, but we and know 2024. <laughs> yeah, right. And the defense is going to hold its own. Um, so this is going to be a pass catcher or it's going to be uh, a pass catcher who they believe can help right away, or it's going to yep. be someone, an offensive lineman they think can help right away. And is Olu Fashinu still available here? Um, if he's off the board, what does their offensive line stack look like? Is it Latham, uh, who is, I don't, I, and some teams even have Latham on the board as a guard. Um, you know, how does he fit with their plans? Um, if it's not Latham, is it Fuwaga from Oregon State? Yes. Um, you know, how how does their stack really? It, 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 but then you look at Tyler Guyton, you look at Amarius Mims. I don't think that those guys are far enough in their development where you feel right. great about drafting them right away because that's a Packers I, again, pick, not a Jets pick. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, this is also where I think Brock Bowers makes a ton of sense. Uh, Cause again, you can't look at him as just a tight end and him. Oh yeah. He's an upgrade over Tyler Conklin or, you know, Jeremy Rucker. You can't just look at it just like that. You have to look at him as an offensive weapon and what he can do uh, as a whole. And so, um, yeah, our, um, uh, writer uh, Zach Rosenblatt over at the Athletic did a nice uh, piece today, kind of laying out the options for the Jets, and it's all pass catchers and it's all offensive linemen. So I, it just depends on how their board stacks out and uh, who's available for them starting at number ten. 
I, uh, I, I, I threw this out and I, I meant it more just as a body type comparison, just so like how they look. And that was Fuaga reminded me of Bakhtiari, just how their stances were and how okay. they look and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, they do not play alike at all. That's what I want to reiterate that. I did not want to say like these guys play alike, but they, their body type. So I was like, oh. I don't know. Makes sense for the Jets. Maybe, maybe the, you know, Aaron's just like, hey, that guy has the same kind of like little similar stance and body type. Maybe that actually works out. We get him over here. But uh, no, that was, I, I watched a little bit of Fuaga versus Latu this mm. week, which was interesting. That was a fun little, fun little matchup. Latu yeah, got Fuaga, times. he held his own. Yeah. He, yeah. It was, it was, nice it was a back and forth. Classic, yeah. nice little, you know, high prospect back and forth that you like to right. see. Uh, another. Now we're getting to the back-to-back. We've got these last two picks here, and we've mentioned them several times. They might be move-up candidates, but we got the Vikings at 11. Vikings yeah. are interesting because they're kind of like the Falcons in a way where it's like, hey, they have this kind of offense. They could go with Kirk Cousins, or are they going to build to the future at their quarterback position as well? But Vikings are a very interesting team. They can move around a lot. Where are some other scenario, scenarios? <laughs> some is something there. Scenarios that you see maybe with uh, the Vikings right now. One of the worst kept secrets in last year's draft was how much the Vikings wanted to draft a quarterback. It didn't happen. Uh, the yeah. board didn't fall that way. But now we go into this draft, and I think it's fair to assume again they're going to be Same hunting secret. quarterbacks uh, yeah. in the draft. And if I'm J.J. McCarthy, I think this is where I want to go. I, this is yes. the landing spot. Uh, the Vikings, you, know, you bring back Kirk Cousins on a one-year deal. Uh, you draft McCarthy to be the future. Love the fit with Kevin O'Connell and his offense. And, um, you know, we talked about McCarthy being, you know, I said he'd be a top 12. There's a good chance he's a top 12 pick. I expect him to be a top 12 pick. Part of the reason I said that is because who's picking in the top 12? And yep, you look at 11 here, 12, Denver. Um, I Either of these landing spots, I, I think, would make sense. And I think with, uh, especially with O'Connell, you look at the way he wants to run quick game and the way he likes to get his quarterbacks in rhythm. Um, he'll let him use his legs. Um, you know, he'll let him move the pocket and he'll kind of game plan from there. Um, you think about sale concepts and McCarthy's ability to process and be accurate, especially over the middle. Um, and, and you look at Michigan. You look at their pro-style spread offense that they ran. I, there's a lot of parallels what I think O'Connell likes to do in terms of exploiting the defense, using motions, um, using alignment to create mismatches. They attack the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all stuff McCarthy was very good at doing in, in uh, Ann Arbor. So I, I certainly understand why not everybody is full all-in on McCarthy being a top 12 pick. I get it. I'm not sure... Yeah. I would draft him that early. He was what twenty four or whatever on my top one hundred. Um, for me, yep. Yeah, yep. It, right. And so like him, but it's obviously a, a expensive bill to pay and a risk to draft him that early when the body of work isn't great. But uh, you know, I, Mac Jones was a, was a fifteenth overall pick, and I believe he had fewer dropbacks than JJ McCarthy did in college. So it's not crazy. Uh, I mean, Anthony Richardson didn't even come close. Oh Obviously, he was a totally was different uh, skill set and talent and all that. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, it, when you have when talking about JJ McCarthy, he's sharp, he's accurate, yeah. um, he's mobile. I think he, the biggest thing it, he's going to blow away coaches with the intangibles, and I, I think that that's going to be a factor here with Minnesota. And and again, it, the, the love for McCarthy is not new. This isn't like a, a recency bias type of thing. Nope. He was a top twenty prospect. Uh, for me back in the summer it's it's a guy that teams have been identifying as hey there's something here and for the right fit i think it makes sense minnesota could certainly be that right fit and he's the the size thing is my biggest negative with him right now because yes. he's sub 200 but i started combine combine will be big for the yeah. weight no. Jaden daniels same thing um, yes you know last yes. year it was bryce young you know was he yes. be over 200 pounds he got to 204, and then he was right back down, probably 192 the rest of the year. With uh, Jane Daniels, I think the number is going to be, can he get up to 212? Um, mm-hmm. I think that'll be the number to watch for with Daniels. And then with J.J. McCarthy, I think it's 210. You know, Can he be comfortably over 210 pounds? And so that, that, that's going to be interesting to combine. That, that's, that's one of those numbers that uh, be very eager to see. Yeah, drink a lot of water. Uh, yes. Scott Tolzien told me about his water, how much water he drank before his way in because he wanted to break that two ten threshold as well. Uh, wow. No, but but McCarthy um, too is like so. I was looking at weight stuff and 
I've noticed like Lamar and, and Vic were two guys under 210 that have had success. And Mark Bolger was another one. So I was looking mm-hmm. under 205. I was just curious. So like, so I just looked at a simple stat on pro football reference, which is uh, adjusted yards per attempt, which is, you know, adjust for touchdowns and interceptions. I just looked at seven and se- seven yards or adjusted yards or more a year. And why that number is if anybody in the top half of the league this year was seven or more. So basically mm-hmm. I, I average or better quarterback in the last 20 ish years. So the only quarterbacks, Sub 205 to break that number, uh, seven in the last since 2000, are Jeff Garcia, who played in this type of offense, mm-hmm. Aaron Brooks, who was his own kind of thing, and then Kirk Cousins was the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Interesting. same threshold, seven yards, seven yards or more. If you went eight yards or more, which is like, okay, an excellent season or more, Joe Montana, Joe Theismann, and I've Kirk Cousins. Him. Yeah, wow. I heard those guys, but all these... But I, I watch, and if you look at McCarthy, he's listed right now, like 6'3", whatever he is, 198, 202, somewhere out there. Cousins, 6'2 yeah. and change, 6'3". He's listed 205. I think he weighed around about the same at the combine. He was 6025, 214 at the combine. Yes. And now he's listed at 205 yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the pro charts. Right. Yep. So it tells you how much water weight he had. But right. that's, that's where they're comfortable with that body type. Maybe I'm not because I like more kind of a different sure. flavor of quarterback. But they are fine with that because he stands in the pocket, he moves well in the pocket. Like he has great pocket feel. That's something that grew up. That's why I like him more than I did even two months ago. The more you watch him, the more you watch those dropbacks, the more you see his feel in the pocket, his timing, his willingness to just work over the middle. That is such a huge thing. And that's what they love. And he's comfortable throwing left or right. Hey, this team, mm-hmm. these guys like bootlegs and play actions. You have to be able to do that. So. Uh, they're they're gonna like him. They're gonna like him and a the, lot. And the and athlete that he is. I mean, he's such he's a, a good he's athlete. A much better athlete than Kirk Cousins even is. You know, oh, in way terms better. Of, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and not just. I'm not just talking about you know scrambling and just moving the pocket and being a guy that's not going to be uh, you know stationary. He can do some different things with his arm angles. And uh, I mean that, that catch he had that he, the adjustment he made on that catch against Alabama tells you what kind of athlete that he is. So uh, yeah, yeah. Kirk Cousins is. Uh, not quite what uh, what JJ is. It's yeah, same body type, different, a little bit different type of flavors. Some yeah. some summer skills though. So, but that, I just thought that was interesting. I was like, this was the other little skinny guy that's worked out, and it was Kirk Cousins. And Kirk, another thing, both these guys tough as hell. McCarthy yes. and Cousins. Cousins yes. is an all time tough guy, and I think more people have respected it recently, which is really cool to see. But uh, I, I think McCarthy's got some he's got some balls in there in the pocket. Uh, yep. The last one, this dirty dozen of this mock simulator, whatever we just want to call this mock scenario. We'll let Marissa come up with the title. Uh, but we have the Denver Broncos who are also kind of some of the stuff we just talked about the Vikings can maybe kind of pass it over to the Broncos as well. But yeah. some of the scenarios here, I know quarterback is one, but any other things that you're thinking of with the Broncos right now? Yeah. And this is where we could also see uh, the next run on defensive players come. Um, we, we feel like, okay, Russell Wilson probably not gonna be back in Denver. So what's, what direction are they going at quarterback? Um, they only have two picks in the top 120. So unless we're talking about future ones, um, you know, it's it's gonna be hard for Denver to really make a big splash. But this was right around where um where, where was when the 49ers moved up for Trey Lance? I mean, they were was that eleven they were at or twelve? I mean 12. this yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so there's a blueprint out there. If the Denver wanted to be bold and go up to three and get that guy. There's a blueprint in place to what it would take, and you know it would really take away from your your draft spending. But you know how badly uh, Sean Payton wants to get that quarterback right, and it, it'll be right. really interesting what he feels is the best course of action to go to go get that. I mean, if you're like, okay, I know this is an unfair question, but best guess who's the Broncos' starting quarterback uh, in a week oh one uh, in six months? Yeah, you know, I think it's gonna be Jared Stidham. Uh, it, it very yes. well might be, it might be. It, it, I know. It, until whoever the, they have behind them is ready to take over. I mean, Jam- who knows? Jameis, Jameis is going to come on over, but, that, hey. but that's what we're talking about. It's one of these yeah. grab bag names, Jacoby Brissett. Like, you don't know, like it's one of these names. I know. Yeah. So the, they moved up, uh, the foreign airs moved up from 12 to three. It was about okay. a month before the season, right? It was yep. about, it was like right the when draft, people yeah. started. Uh, yeah. Or that's the season. The season, yeah. The draft season. Yeah, the draft. Yeah. Um, they gave up that year's first, the following year's first, the following year's third, and the year after first, which is last year's draft. So they gave up what, 12 overall, what turned into 29 overall, 101 overall, and 29 overall. It's a lot. It's a lot. 
That is a lot. That's a lot. Uh, I, but using that that draft uh, or that as a blueprint, they could do it because you know they don't. We're not talking about second rounders and third rounders this year. We're right. talking about future ones. So as badly as it would hurt uh, if they believe enough in one of these three quarterbacks, there's at least a possibility they could try and make that move. Absolutely. And I mean, it just seems like Sean Payton's kind of cranking it up where he's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's push it. Uh, yeah. He's bringing it's really turning to New Orleans West. Jim Leonard went over there, by the way. I was uh, very interested to see that. You know, with, Wisconsin ties there. Yeah. Wisconsin ties. Yeah. And also just, I was always curious if you ever jumped to the NFL, this kind of a different path. Mm-hmm. I thought Leonard would take coaching wise, taking the year yeah. off and everything, but because some of the stuff he does, a lot of people are copying, which is a lot of Rex Ryan stuff. So, it's uh, mm. it's kind of fun to see that. So I'm curious to see how, how that rises in the NFL. But Dan, this was awesome. This little dozen scenario thing. We and we didn't even get to the back twenty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it, it, it'll be fascinating to see how it changes over the next few weeks at the combine, and then uh, you know once we get into free agency mm-hmm. and all of that it will be really interesting. But yeah, it's look forward to seeing you in, in person here in yeah. uh, in a week. So it'll be fun. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Yeah, but we're going to be having a combine primer. It'll come out early yeah. next week. So be on the lookout for that on YouTube and our podcast feed. I think it'll be on YouTube. We'll say it's on YouTube yeah. and our podcast feed as well. But uh, thank you guys all for joining us. There's going to be plenty of stuff on the Athletic Football Show feed. Prospects as pros especially. we got the combine. we got plenty of stuff. Pro days. ton of fun stuff coming up. So make sure to check it out. See you guys next time. This was the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros podcast.